All right, we're back for another round of the Dan and Joe Fantasy Show. We're into week nine, so we are on the back end here of the fantasy season. Uh, time to get your best lineups out there, make that playoff push. So as we always do, uh, we're here for episode 10 again. We're going to recap any news from last week and uh, the Thursday nighter, as well as um, you know, any, any other important news that came out of the last week. And we talked about uh, – we did talk about last week – uh, Joe and I squaring off in the all important Arrowhead League, so we will we'll revisit that a little bit and uh, how that went for us. And then in another league, we've got a little bit of a rematch, so we'll kind of we'll kind of dive into those just a little bit, and uh, then we'll get into our picks from last week and this week. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into probably the biggest piece of news from this week. Um, and we talked about it a little bit, but Josh Gordon officially was released, went through waivers, and now he is a Seattle Seahawk. So I guess, you know, you know, going forward from a fantasy standpoint really is the question how we're feeling about that now going forward. Yeah, um, only team playing for Josh Gordon, and it just happened to be Seattle. Um, they were pretty far down the waiver board there, um, and they put a claim in and they got him. So uh, – We've talked about it just briefly, Dan, and uh, I just, I mean, I don't see where there's going to be a whole lot outside. Um, yeah. I see why I think he's going to, I mean, you still have DK there, you have Tyler Lockett. I know they lost Will Disley, but, I mean, what do we do? What really from Josh Gordon? I mean, learn a different system, learn, get timing and all this from a different quarterback. And, I mean, like, I, I think I told you, um, I wish I had Josh Gordon right now. Yeah. So I could sell high on Everybody, he's going to go to Seattle and just rip numbers off. And he's, he's, I, just, I just don't think he's going to do that at all. I think he's going to be on your bench. And if you try him, um, I think you're going to be in most weeks. Yeah, I think – it's probably a better real life move for Seattle than it really has much fantasy impact. Uh, I think that DK still is the number two there. I don't think Gordon is going to just, you know, push him out of the two wide receiver sets. And there's just not a lot of volume in the passing game. They're a running football team that they're, you know, they're really efficient, but you know, I, I don't, maybe it, it, you know, hurts a DK a little bit, but I think more so he's probably three now. Um, and just there's just not a lot of volume there. And I agree with you. I think if you do have him, you want to try and trade him right now because um, his value probably isn't going to get any higher than it is right now. Yeah, trade him now because he's he's not playing this week. Um, they already said he's going to play next uh, Monday night. So I'll already be putting feelers out there because after he plays Monday night, uh, his value is going to just plummet because uh, if you want to get rid of him, or if you think, if you believe that he's going to do something in Seattle, obviously keep him. But um, I don't believe that at all. Um, but so, yeah, right now um, would be the time to start putting out some feeler uh, um, trade and try to see what you can get out of him. Yeah, I mean, you look at the the, the third, fourth guys um, in Seattle, you know, John Brown and David Moore, what those guys have done. You know, John Brown's had a blow-up game, but other than that, he's done nothing. And I think that's what you're going to get. 
you know, I think you Josh Gordon, he's going to have a touchdown or two here and there. But other than that, he's not going to help your fantasy team. So, yeah, if you can if you can get something back for him, that would be that would be a little move that I would make. Um, and then the flip side of that is in New England now they've activated Nikhil Harry, and I I think there's probably more reason to be optimistic about him. I know there's a lot more mouths to feed there, um, but there also there's a lot more volume in the passing game, and and there's a chance there that Nikhil Harry could. He, you know, I wouldn't get, I wouldn't be too over the moon, but I think he's an, he's a, he's somebody. That if you got a bench spot, you could you could stash him and just see what happens here down the stretch with him. Yeah, I'd stashed him um, a couple weeks ago and held on to him, and then some roster decisions came my way that I had to drop him, and then the news broke today that he was activated and going to be playing Sunday, um, and I went and picked him up in one league immediately um just because i feel like i mean there's obviously some huge upside there um unlike you know the josh gordon situation um because new england throws the ball just a little bit more even though they are kind of a they're kind of 50 50 i mean they're not as heavy run as seattle but um i think give him a couple weeks and he can be number two on that receiving core easily i mean he can pass philip dorsett and i guess I guess James White is number two, pretty much, if you want to, you know. But in the wide receiver category, uh, uh, Nikhil Harry could be right there. I mean, they drafted this guy in the first round, so let's let's not forget that. Um, so obviously they really liked him. So we'll see um, we'll see what he does um, this week um, against Baltimore. But um, I de- definitely uh, way more upside there for Nikhil Harry. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I said, I think he's probably some rather stash at this point uh, so you know with that uh we can kind of the for thursday night uh which was a pretty good game actually we had a pretty good thursday nighter but the, the biggest note that i've got here and the thing that really kind of stuck out to me i think honestly is that uh you know and you really called it joe is that manny sanders looks like a perfect fit and they're feeding him he's got touchdown in back-to-back games he had a he had a big game on Thursday night, and he looks like somebody you can probably rely on going forward, uh, fantasy team. Yeah, um, man, right before uh, the trade rumors and everything when he was still in Denver, I just about dropped him because he let me down in one game, and, and I mean, he's got Joe Flacco thrown to him, so that's that's rough as it, as it was. And I came pretty close to having to make a roster decision and get rid of him to, you know, kind of move on at that point, and – I'm glad I didn't. I don't know what stopped me from doing it or if I just was like, well, I'll just give it another week. Um, and then I think that's when the trade rumors came about. Um, so I was like, well, if I'm holding on to him, see where he lands, you know. So and yeah, he couldn't have landed in a you know a better spot right now. I mean, wide, uh, San Francisco needed a legit wide receiver. Um, and the first two weeks here, Manny is reaping all kinds of benefits of being the number one guy there and and a good offense an efficient offense, and, uh, yeah, it was a really good game on Thursday night. I mean, I don't think a lot of people gave the Cardinals, you know, too much, you know, too much of a yeah. chance, but, uh, man, they, they they kept it close there. Kyler Murray had a – he balled out, man. I mean, on a primetime game, he, he's kind of been lackluster the last couple of weeks, but he finally – and uh, he finally put it together a little bit. And, uh, you know, we were talking before the game about whether to play Kyler or not, and – I told you they needed to get Kyler Murray on the run. Like they can't just let him drop back there and let Bosa and D Ford and you know that defensive line just tee off on him. And they staggered at first, 
Um, but that one, I think, second or third drive when they went no huddle and up tempo and Kyler was on the run, that offense looked like it could like it could beat anybody. That offense was just it just rolled right down the field, and you know with Kenyon Drake in there only being there for two two three days pretty much um, looked amazing, and uh, you know Kyler ended up with a pretty decent day. Yeah, man, their running game has been really productive when they've had somebody in there that they, you know, when it's, if it's been Johnson or Edmonds and now Drake, you know, each one of those guys has had real nice games with Drake, you know, on Thursday. And I think that really gives them, you know, something to kind of hang their hat on and, and build around a little bit because they should be getting Derek Johnson back or David Johnson. I'm sorry. And, uh, you know, I think you might see some, a lot of two running back sets now because Drake really, you know, Put a, put a show on, and he ripped off 30 yarder on his first run, and so they've had a really productive running game. Um, and you know, Arizona is somebody to watch out for. Uh, you know, they're not pushovers anymore. Then it's not, not what they were last year. Uh, they actually have a legit football team. So, um, you know, Arizona is. Uh, I think they're on the upswing here. I, you know, I don't know how much noise they're going to make this year, but uh, I think they got a little something going out there in Arizona. And um, but you know. Just back to, to Manny Sanders really quick is that, um, you know, my biggest question last week was how much are they really going to scheme for him? And that's been answered, and they're scheming it to him a lot. They're scheming it to Emmanuel Sanders and George Kittle, and those are the two guys. And I think that those two guys are borderline locked. I mean, Kittle is obviously locked in just because he's been so productive, but the tight end is a disaster. But I think Manny Sanders is almost a lock-in kind of receiver too now at this point with the, with the amount of volume that he's gotten so far. Um I think you got to expect that continuing. He's a real fine play. Going yeah, and another it. reason I felt comfortable about Manny Sanders is just going through and looking at a lot of stuff online and on Twitter um, about how Shanahan's been wanting a guy like this for a couple of years now, and it just never – nothing's ever materialized for him to be able to acquire somebody. Um, and then some of the guys that they've brought in hasn't really worked out, and we knew what Manuel Sanders was. Like, he was proven. He could do it. Um, so that gave me even more confidence that um, he could pretty much hit the ground running here and uh, not have any kind of lag or any kind of um, stumbling, you know, because I think Shanahan had it, had the playbook ready. Like it was like, it, I got this playbook. I just need, I need, I need that player so that I can run some of these plays here. And uh, um, that's, I mean, that's working. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, and so then, the only other thing we've got here before we get to our league matchups, um, there has been a lot of injury news lately. Um, so just there's a few of them injuries keep I've piling heard. up this year, man. Like we've, we've talked about a couple other shows. It's just who's this week. You know, it, like, I think I said that last week and it's like every single week it's, it's more and more and, and, and important players here too this week. Yeah. And, and you know, getting a little lucky and dodging the bullet on a lot of those is something that is just part of the game here in, in NFL and, and in fantasy. And, you know, a few of them that we've got here jotted down to talk about Flacco is obviously out for the year. Uh, you know, I, I don't really know. Honestly, you could look at that. Flacco is terrible, um, mm-hmm. but there is ability there with him. So, I, you know, that's going to be interesting to see if that plays out. Um you would think they would run the ball a lot, but they were doing that anyway. Um, I think if you do have Portland Sutton, who is having a breakout year, 
Uh, it's kind of concerning. I think he's the one you'd be most concerned about because we got Brandon Allen, who total wild card. We have no idea how what he's going to do. Um, and so, out of all those guys there, I think Cortland Sutton is the one that you were probably a little bit nervous about with the Flacco news. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's exactly what exactly what you just said. We don't know where we're going to get with Brandon Allen. You know. It's kind of been the year of the backup quarterback, you know, with Kyle Allen and, and Carolina, um, what Teddy Bridgewater did, what, uh, I mean, Matt Morris had to step in and play, um, Mason Rudolph, you know, and some of these guys have stepped in and, and played and been okay. I mean, Kyle Allen, Teddy Bridgewater were, were excellent. And it looks like we're going to have Kyle Allen here for maybe the rest of the year. But, um, yeah, we just don't know what we're going to get here. And Denver has not had a particularly good record with their quarterbacks. So, um if you had to, if, if if you had to ask me which way to lean, I would lean <laughs> terrible. Like, if yeah. it's not going to work out very well for Brandon Allen, for Cortland Sutton, for Deshaun Hamilton, um, you know, any of these guys on other than Royce Freeman and and uh, uh, the other running back, Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay, yes, drawing blank. I'm having too much in love with Royce Freeman. <laughs> to even remember, to even remember <laughs> what the other guy's name is. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, the thing of it is, is there's reason to be concerned about those guys as well, is that they're probably going to face a lot of eight-man boxes. Now, you can beat those, but that's the thing, is if they're going to do that or not. So, they should get the ball a lot. They've been running it a lot already. They should probably run it even more. Um, but I think the most concerning there is if you have Cortland Sutton. You know, it could work out. It could be fine, but there's definitely a level of concern there for him at this point. And I will uh, say this one last thing before we move to the next one. Um there's been a lot of talk about Deshaun Hamilton, um, you know, obviously with Sanders going away um, and with Brandon Allen still stepping in. Um, I, I, I've never, I haven't really researched this or looked. It seems like a bad quarterback comes in. It's always the two, three, and four guys. You know, I'm a depth chart. Always kind of game up because that's more wrestle with you guys with these quarterbacks. more comfortable throwing to that guy to make the number one guy or the number two guy he doesn't get a whole lot of reps with. Um, so, um, like Sutton, I mean, obviously you will go down here, obviously. I mean, there's, I don't think there's any doubt about it, but you could see a, a spike here with Deshaun Hamilton. I mean, I'm not calling it, but I think there's that correlation there. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you do see that a lot of times. I mean, we've kind of seen that uh, in Pittsburgh with Mason Rudolph and Deontay Johnson. You know what I mean? It's um, you, you you definitely see that a lot of times, guy, because they practice more with those guys, um, so they have a little bit of a rapport, like you mentioned. So yeah, I mean, it could. Um, we kind of, you know, there was some thought that maybe Deshaun Hamilton would step into the Emmanuel Sanders role, and he was a complete nothing last week. So, but yeah, there's a chance there that um, he might it's get the ball. Kind later. of something to keep your eye on, especially this Sunday. Yeah. And if he has a big game, um, yeah, you may you may ride that for a couple weeks, see how it works out. Yep. Uh, and some the, some of the biggest names here for the injuries that, that we've got, um, you know, uh, T.Y. Hilton is out. And there's it looks like he's out for several weeks, could be a month, probably at least two games that he's going to miss now uh, with the calf injury. <clears throat> and that's that's a pretty big loss for them. Um, it's tough to, to kind of there's not an obvious kind of handcuff, really. 
to fit in there. Um, you know, Zach Pascal played a ton of snaps last week when Hilton went out. So I think he's probably the safest bet at the receiver position, but I also think you can't count out Paris Campbell depending on how long Hilton is out, because I know that the coaching staff really likes him you know, from everything that we've read uh, from them. Uh, but I do, I do think it's a nice little kind of a boost here. For Aaron I think he becomes a little bit of a safer play uh, with T.Y. Hilton out because T.Y. Hilton was, has had scored you know, a fair amount of touchdowns and got a few looks there. So, I think it kind of boosts Eric Ebron just a little bit with him, with Hilton out. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm kind of playing tight end, um, Mary go around it, and one week and um, tilt with T.Y. Hilton. We were the show. Um, if nothing else, Ebron's targets are going up here, and um, I mean, obviously, that doesn't mean his production is going to go up, but. You know, you get more you get more shots out of here with with Ty gone and um, like I yeah I mean will Pascal be I mean I, I step in and get put up Ty numbers but um, yeah. you just kind of have to see how this plays out because the Colts kind of they play you know pass it around ball they, I mean I don't think they're really they they don't force feed it they don't try to you know get Ty the ball every play you know they don't they still got a good good running game um, they got two good tight ends. You know, Ebron and, and um, Jack Doyle there. So, uh, but he wants to. So, um, see, uh, he comes in one of the categories for me. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, I mean, a huge blow for uh, Jacoby, too. So, yeah. you've been playing him. I think you're exactly right. They don't really kind of force feed anybody. They didn't even really force feed T.Y. He's just that good of a player that, you know, he makes plays. Um, but, I, yeah, I definitely think they're going to spread it around. And, really, if you have T.Y., I don't think you can go and pick up Pascal or Chester Rogers and be like, yep, I'm plugging him right in and I'm good to go. I think you may want to – if you've got another option, that's probably going to be the better one, especially for this week. We really don't know how it's going to shake out. You kind of have to sit and wait uh, on the situation. And the other big one – uh, 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 Connor for the is out, and we haven't got a ton of information. Uh, but we did see that it was an AC sprain, and you know, I I'm no doctor, but honestly, I feel like there's a chance that he does a couple games here. He didn't practice at all, um, and so we don't have him on our list here because I think it's a little bit of an obvious play. But Jalen Samuels, obvious, must start borderline RB one. Um, going to get a ton of volume out there in Pittsburgh, so. Uh, that's definitely a clear situation that Annapolis, with Connor being out, Jalen Samuels needs to be in your lineup for as long as he, for sure. Yeah, I was going to put him in on the, on my must start list, but I'm like, I mean, come on, I mean, he, you're Connor's already listed out, so you, you got to if you if you have Jalen, um, you it, just plug him in there. He's gonna he's gonna have a monstrous week, so no worries at all about him. So yeah, I mean, the team that we share together, we have Jalen Samuels, and so you know, we kind of need him for the next next couple of weeks. So I don't want to wish any injuries, but um, Connor, take your time getting healthy and <laughs> and come back when you, you know, maybe week sixteen you come back or week seventeen, I'll be just fine. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, just, <laughs> no rush here. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and um, one that honestly I have a little. 
does have some fantasy impact. You know, not nobody's playing Case Keenum, but it's a huge downgrade, I think, to Terry McLaurin. Unless Haskins quits being terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, because Case Keenum just, th- just fed uh, Terry McLaurin. So Case Keenum is out. There is probably some optimism for him to come back next week. He, you know, he has the concussion. A lot of guys sit out one game and then they're back. So I think, you know, at least that looks like it's not a long-term thing. But uh, for this week, matchup against Buffalo, um, yeah, pretty a pretty big blow to, to McLaurin here. Yeah, I mean, McLaurin was already a fringe. Um, like, I'm I'm probably I'm probably going to be forced to play him in one league. Um, I mean, we'll, I think we'll we'll get to him. We'll get to McLaurin here in a little bit. But man, Washington, I think they wanted to wait until a couple more weeks here to get past you know Buffalo, and I think we got Minnesota next week to get past these matchups to maybe get um, Haskins, you know, under center here, but man, I really wish they, uh, I, I think they really wish they had Keenum this week. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, not, not that you're playing Keenum, but still a huge impact to, you know, to McLaurin, especially, but, um, and in the run McLaurin. game, I mean, Peterson's been still killing it. I mean, I, the guy just, just won't go away. He just continues to put up some decent days. Yeah, they're still going to feed him. He's going to use almost a lock for twenty carries. And the problem is, the reason why he, you know, hasn't been a huge value is that they just don't score that much. And um, you know, he's he's, in a, he's getting a ton of volume on a bad offense, um, and so that kind of puts him as a flex. And I don't think it has much of an impact on him really. They really, it's going to be hard for them to get him the ball even more. I don't think there's a huge uh, uptick in his volume. I think he's still. Uh, a workhorse, uh, but one in the bad offense. I think the biggest impact here with Keenum out is a downgrade to Terry McLaurin. But we'll see. I mean, has, has all we get for sets. So, I mean, will that make a difference this week? I, I mean, it, they're still going against Buffalo, and Buffalo has a pretty good defense. So, um, but can he look better than he has? Sure. Um, but definitely temper your expectations. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got some more news on a guy that's been out for a while. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of injury here that we're running through here. But uh, Cam Newton apparently is not close to a return. And, you know, maybe if they stay in the playoff hunt, he'll come back. But at this point, like you meant, just touched on it a little bit ago, so it's questionable what here. Um, and so I think that is a continued negative on the pass catchers, especially Greg Olson, who has not had a huge, you know, connection really with Kyle Allen. But on the other side of that, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey has been an absolute monster with Kyle Allen. I think he continues to be. Um, and so I think, you know, if you have Christian McCaffrey, you really don't care. I think you're fine with Kyle Allen because McCaffrey has been on fire. Uh, but I think it is con- continued uh, a little bit of a, a, a negative for those pass not having Cam out there. Yeah, I mean, what are they doing in Carolina here? Um, is there something really wrong and they're just missing it, or are they trying to nurse nurse it back? Or I mean, what are they really doing here? I mean, if he could have had a surgery, you know, a month ago, you know, why didn't he? Why didn't they do it then? Were they trying to see if it would heal, and then now it's not healing? And then I mean, I will, it's just a disaster right now. So. Um, that's that's kind of the rumor, right? That he has some kind of a Liz Frank injury surgery, and they're trying to not do that or something. I mean, we don't, you know, I haven't really read anything definitive on that, but 
Um, and if that's the case, you're right. I mean, it's, I don't really know what I mean, he was dealing with this in training camp. Right. So yeah. what, what are they doing? Like, oh man, Cam Newton, I, I don't know. I think they may, there was a lot of speculation that he won't even be there next year. And I think this is, I mean, they're riding Kyle Allen here. Um, obviously he's been productive and they're still, you know, in it as, as they say. Um, so Obviously, it was at the time. It was you know, let's not rush Cam back. Let's let him get healthy. But now it's like, well, he's maybe he's getting better. He's improving. And then now it's just like, well, we don't know. It's like, well, how do you not know? Like, if you don't know, go find somebody that does know. Like, don't be giving us this bull crap stuff. You know, just you know, they're just hiding it right now because I think it's it's probably something serious, and they were just trying to limp him along here. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. I mean, it's really kind of strange honestly uh but it looks like um he is not coming back anytime soon uh on the flip side of the injury news though uh sterling shepherd is back uh deshaun jackson is back um two guys that were productive when they were healthy and i think that um you know between these two guys i think deshaun jackson has a chance to be someone that you could have in your lineup here he had a huge blow uh, week one, I think he's a big boost to the Eagles offense because he's really their only legit deep threat. Um, so I think there's also a chance here with Sean Jackson that uh, he's a little bit of a boost to those pass, pass catchers and maybe just unlocks his accuracy a bit now because he's really been struggling uh, with uh, with Deshaun Jackson out. Yeah, I think Deshaun Jackson's going to open up a lot for everybody else in that Eagles offense because um, they need his speed on the field to stretch things and uh obviously he can get behind defenses and he showed that in, in the week one ginormous game um and right. for sterling shepherd i think you know we're gonna get what you've been getting and you know it's just solid solid days you know i mean in, in a pretty good uh maybe just above average offense there um but still i mean you're probably playing sterling shepherd a lot of weeks yeah i mean i think he goes back to you know, I don't, you know, it's hard to, to, depending on, you know, your roster makeup, if you're going to plug these guys right back into your lineup. But, uh, yeah, I think Shepard kind of goes back to being a, a pretty solid wide receiver three like he was before. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I mean, that's, that's kind of it uh, that we've got here for, for the news from last week on um, the fantasy impact there. Lots of injuries, like we've said. There's going to be more, I'm sure. That's the way of the NFL, and uh, we'll continue to just kind of, just kind of, kind of weather the storm and grind it. Yeah, so far I've I've avoided a lot of the major. Well, I guess I had David Johnson, so that kind of hurt me. And then I traded for Chase Edmonds, and then he gets hurt first game I have him. So, um, but it's it's uh, it's aggravating. But you just got to keep grinding, man. You just got to keep uh, keep your research up, keep your you know, your, your will about you or whatever you got to say, um, just keep grinding and keep trying to put your max lineup up there and, you know, take advantage of somebody else's injuries too. You know, I mean, not all these players are on your team. So right, do your research and try to find somebody that's, you know, got an opportunity here. Cause you know, there's blow up weeks every week. There's, there's injuries every week. So just try to be on the good side of it. Yeah. I think the, you know, that it speaks to, you know, the handcuff running backs, and we've seen guy, you know, like Latavius Murray have a few months 
Packers games, and obviously not every handcuff's going to do that. Um, but those guys are worth stashing because you know we know there's it's you know certainty someone else is going to someone else who has fantasy get hurt, uh, and you know who's the backup going to be, especially at the running back position. Those guys go in, they're productive. So um, you know I know like uh, the team you and I have, Joe, we have several handcuff running backs, and it's been it's been working. You know been what did well for us while he was in there we had Murray who's been a monster and now we've got Jalen Samuels and so I think you just kind of you got to try and find a spot or two for a high upside stuff uh, because you never know uh, what's going to happen yeah we made another move this week too um, we have all these handcuffed running backs I mean we already have two good running backs on our team we have Chubb and Carson who are top 10 running backs but this yeah. the upside of having these handcuffs on your bench to not only help you, but to just totally um, annihilate your opponent. Because what if one week you're playing, and let's just use you know Alvin Kamara for example. Um, exactly what. <laughs> I mean, they're on by this week because we are playing the Alvin Kamara owner this week. But I mean, just so happened that they're on by. But we have Latavius Murray. If this would, if this matchup was last week, and we have Murray and he had Kamara. Like, just how much of an impact that is for you to get a dub that week just by having the roster spot of, of this handcuff. And, Dan, I went back and looked. We didn't pick up Murray until week three. Like, what is going on where, you, where Murray is not on your bench as an Alvin Kamara owner? Like, especially in some of these, like, big high-profile names, like, you got to have that handcuff, you know, if it's – especially Murray, because Murray's been – he's proven that when given the lead back role, he can go eat. Yeah, well, and, I mean that—that's part of the reason why uh, in you know the the keeper league that you and I are in, uh, I've I've stashed uh, Christian McCaffrey's backup. You know, we don't really know know if he's going to be a guy that would get a if um, if McCaffrey goes down. But just the simple fact of if he were to go down, someone there is going to have value, and I think yeah, if you can find for Christian McCaffrey's backup, Reggie Bonifon, or however you say his last name, I would I would add him. I added him. I dropped Kenny Stills for him. I'm going to hang on to him because the amount of value that Christian McCaffrey has, if you were to lose him, unless you've got really great running backs on your bench, you know, if you've got, you know, if you have a bunch of RB2s already down there, you know, I think you, I think you can, you got to find a spot for his, for his backup just for the simple fact of, the massive impact they would have on your team if Christian McCaffrey were to get hurt um, and having that little bit of a fallback there. Not that, you know, he's going to go in there and be just. Yeah. And now's the time of the season where you got to be ahead of the game. Like you cannot be, you got to be, you know, proactive, not reactive here. Cause when an injury happens and you don't have that player and he's on a waiver wire, you, man, you either got to spend a lot of fab or you better hope that you're up the top of the tree there to get, you know, the waiver order in because, you know, like, and now's the time where you kind of let go of these guys. I mean, we're getting through the bye weeks. So you can kind of, you kind of shuffle that fourth, fifth receiver off your team or that, you know, you know, that third tight end or that second quarterback, get rid of that guy. So, um, right and start stashing some of these players here to be ahead of the game. Or what a lot of guys like to do is if you play defenses is look, look a couple weeks ahead here. Um, look what your matchups are and maybe stash that defense or like what we're doing, we're holding on to a defense because we don't like their matchup this week, but we like their next five matchups. So we don't want to drop them 
just yeah. in order to, you know, to maybe not get them next week. So, you know, just be, always be all over your roster, man. Just always be thinking not only this week, but next week, the week after that, what's going to happen? Who am I facing? Who, you know, what, what's their team look like? Um, how can I do something to block them? You know, I mean, just always be, you know, proactive. Reactive well, think, will get you a loss. I think now, I'm glad you brought that up, because I think now is the kind of time, you know, we, we talked about it pre-draft, how kickers and defenses are on the low end. But I think now, as we get late into the year, is the kind of time where it, it might make a little bit of sense for you to, if you've got Greg Zerline or you've got, you know, uh, Justin Tucker, to hold on to those guys during their bye week rather than drop them. Um, I'm holding you know, on Zerline. to Greg Zerline this week. I had to clear room for a roster spot um, to play another kicker this week because I have Zerline and I don't want to get rid of him. Right. Um, I think so- now you want to keep if you've got one, you know, one of the top two or three kickers that it's okay now to keep them because uh, we're so late in the year uh, and it's all about your your best starting lineup. And same with the defense, you know, with the Steelers. And you look, you go out there and look at it, there's there's several five six options out there. You're like, okay, I'm totally fine with those. Then you know, okay, maybe you can drop them. But in that league, you look and it's like, well, there's really not great out there. Let's hold on to the Steelers and just you know have them on the bench now against Indy. But then get to be able to capitalize on those good matchups later on in the year. And I think now is the kind of time of the year where we're starting to get into that point where handcuffs become valuable. And like you said, if you're like me, where if you're in a fab league. You probably burnt a whole – I know I always tend to be aggressive, and so I don't have very much usually this late in the year. And on the set, by the same token, if it's a waiver order, again, usually pretty aggressive. And so you, you may – waiver order, you got to go out and get a guy ahead of time and find a spot for him on your bench. If your handcuffs out, you've got – you know, like uh, there's several of them that make a lot of sense, but you've got um, Chris Carson. If, if Rashad Penny is somehow available – you got to go get him right now. Yeah, you have uh, to because he's an instant RB two. Like it just without even taking a snap, he's an RB two. Like, right with with RB one upside because that's what Chris Carson is. I mean, obviously Chris Carson's better because he's a starter, but right, I mean, Rashard Penny's not too far behind him here. I mean, let's not get crazy. It, it, they're just if, if you've got a productive RB one, RB two, now's the time of year. It makes sense to to handcuff those guys. Um, and just to hit the defenses, uh, just one last thing here. Um, we have we have more of an idea of what defenses are right now. You know, the first week of the season, you don't really know. You got an kind of an idea, but now we're you know nine weeks into the year here. You know, eight weeks, and we have an idea of what every defense is and what every offense is too. So, yeah, you can kind of you know put your flag in the ground on what's gonna maybe maybe you know gonna happen with some of these you know the defenses. Yeah. So. Um... Yeah, that's there. That we and like we said, uh, handcuff season is upon us. Um, we kind of so went off topic there, but I think it was pretty valuable information there. It, it, we were talking about the injuries, and so that kind of leads you into you know you got to you got to protect yourself as much as you can. Yeah, uh, like that. And so, um, yeah, I mean it's it's that time of year where you can, you know, it, this, once we're at kind of pointing even more and more so as we get along, the depth is less important, and it becomes more and more and more about. And I think the other thing about that is, is try you can try and move depth to improve your starting lineup uh, in a trade. That can't that's tends to be fairly difficult, but be on the lookout for that if you've got an extra, you know, if you've got an RB four or a wide receiver four, 
make your lineup with their productive player. See if you can package them with one of your starters and improve your starting lineup is the other thing because as we get along more and more, it's about about that starting lineup. Um, that's all that matters, especially once you get into the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, it's that time of the year. Uh, and then um, so just to, to move on here, uh, like we said last week, uh, we talked about a bit of a do-or-die matchup in the Arrowhead League between you uh, and I. And uh, as predicted, uh, my season is virtually over. <laughs> yeah, it was the battle of the first two 100. And, um, yeah, was first to 100 points. Yeah, <laughs> let's call that. But it was rough. It was, it was, it was tight. Uh, I didn't have a whole lot of faith on Monday night because I still had Juju going. And uh, he ended up with a pretty big day to pretty much solidify the victory there for me. But it was pretty rough because the week before that, I, like I said, I traded for Chase Edmonds. I traded away Sony Michelle and Miles Sanders, um, two pretty big players that had – I know Miles Sanders had a blow-up week finally. Um, that was unfortunate for me. But at that point in my season, I was just trying to get a win, do whatever it took. Live. I'm living week-to-week week still now. So um, it's unfortunate I had to end your season, Dan, but uh, <laughs> the show must go on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's – theoretically possible that I could still make it in, but it's just it would have to be a complete turnaround from what uh, we've had at this point. And it's just not going to happen. Yeah, like, uh, you'd have to rattle off five in a row and uh, get some <laughs> luck because we're, we're still both down way down in points. Like I may be yeah. okay record-wise, but the tiebreaker of points, I don't think it's going to get me in. So I need to try to accumulate as many wins as possible, and uh, I may I may get another win this week. Uh, I got a I got a, I'm favored pretty good, and I had a pretty good Thursday with Manny Sanders. So on, on that team, um, so I'm pretty well favored in that game. But um, you never know, man. This fantasy football is a it's a crazy thing. Yeah, and I mean, I. I... I will say this, you know, my situation is pretty bleak, but not knowing everyone else's, you know, in this league that we're in, I'm two and six. Um, but at the same time, it all just depends on, you know, the landscape in front of you. Just because you are two and six doesn't necessarily mean you are done. I mean, you're only um, two games out of the playoffs. So, you know, yeah, a you lot just, of things can happen here. You got to keep, got to keep grinding if you're in that spot, because I've been in leagues, 12 team leagues. I've been in 12 team leagues where six and 17 gets in. Usually that's on points, but it is possible. So, you know, keep grinding if you can. That's all you can do. Uh, but now, basically, most of my attention is turned to the league that we haven't touched on a whole lot. Um, but um, so far uh, in this other league that we're in, it's another 12 team league. Uh, and it's a little bit different. Like I said, we haven't talked about it too much, but it is a keeper league, and you can start two quarterbacks in this league. Um, but in this league, much better uh, season outlook. I'm seven and one in that league, but we are squaring off again for a little bit of a rematch. Uh, and you had a, a really good Thursday night, so it looks like it's going to be another close one in that in that league. Yeah, I thought going into this week because um, I have both Julio Jones and um, Cooper Cup on bye, so I wasn't giving my team a whole lot of whole lot of a shot here because i mean that's i mean the the number two number four wide receiver in that league and to have both of them gone in a week is just going to be brutal here but um 
Manny did me some service. Uh, so, and Kyler had a pretty big game. Um, but off to off to a really good start on Thursday. But uh, I'm still hesitant to uh, get too excited here because your team in that league is pretty much the cream of the crop. Um, you and Cobb are hands down, I think, the two best teams right now. Um, but I'm not too far off. I need, like, one more player to be right there with you guys. And um, uh, just I don't think I don't know if I'll have enough, but uh, we'll see how it shakes out. Uh, it's fun that we get to play in back-to-back weeks here in, in, in different yeah. leagues and um, kind of dice it up a little bit. And I, I think, you know, this is the, the contrast here, just for me at least, between these two leagues just speaks to the, the you know, and just to be honest, you know, the reality of, of football is there's so much uncertainty. We always, you know, everyone talks like they have such a, you know, really got this inside track and they are doing all these and They've got a way to figure it all out. But there's so much uncertainty. And, you know, I think you just you just kind of have to you keep grinding. You, 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 you prioritize process over results. And I think this speaks to, you know, put a good process together. I've been doing it for a long time. You know, I've, I kind of know what I want to do. And in this one, it worked. And the other one, it didn't. That's just the way it goes. <laughs> There's no other way to say it. sometimes things just don't break your way. Uh, but in this league, you know, I hit with Lamar Jackson. Uh, I got Christian McCaffrey. Obviously, anyone who has McCaffrey has a huge advantage. And then I also hit with Jones. So, and those guys have really kind of been carrying me. Uh, up to this point so yeah it's it's fun to, and hooper uh, hooper has been huge for you that's your yeah. that's last year's yeah. kittle for you you know yeah exactly i hit i hit another late tight end and and that's the thing you know i, I and i'm gonna keep doing that that's this is the way i i like to build the team and and you know sometimes it doesn't work obviously in the arrowhead league but sometimes it works and i you know i won two championships last year and this year in this same league here that i won one of the titles in you know i'm, I'm we're we're rolling so yeah, you're yeah. you're backing up your Super Bowl, you know, run last year with, with you know, seven or one record so far this year. So, um, and you know, it's a keeper league. We get to keep two players from last year's team, and uh, you kept uh, McCaffrey, obviously, and, and Aaron Jones, and those are proven to be the right, the right calls. Yeah, two top five R, uh, RB ones. So yeah, yeah, it was the it was the right move. But uh, yeah, nice little rematch for us here. Uh, I think we both have better teams, honestly, in this league. Uh, by, than far, by far, by yeah. far. <laughs> I mean, I know in that league I'm only four and four, but man, my points against are just brutal. It's just, I mean, and I'm I think I'm fourth in points in that league, but I think I'm like second in giving up points. So it's just, you know, it's, you know, one of my fantasy football mottos is it's not how you play, it's who you play, and. So true. It, it's, I mean, fantasy football is so fickle. You know, you could, there's been, there's been weeks where you score the second most and you lose. It's just, yeah. it's just brutal, but you, you stay with your process and you, you know, you, eventually the wins will come, but you just, exactly. those weeks are brutal. I mean, there's going to be weeks where you score the second to most and you're going to win. So you just take the good with the bad and, you know, keep your process going and, and keep grinding and, you know, even if I lose this week, I'm, you know, I'll be four and five, but my team's still going to be right there um, fighting for probably one of the last playoff spots. But my team's still really good, putting up good numbers. So I, if I miss the playoffs, not leagues, I'll be shocked. I'll probably have to have a bad injury or two to uh, knock my team out. 
Yeah, well, and, you know, part of the reason, I think, for why that team's 4-4 four and four is you have you know, the Saquon Barkley injury that you back a little bit, so. Um, yeah, losing him for a couple but, weeks definitely hurt, and I tried to make a move. Like, I was willing to move Cooper Cup or Julio at the time just to try to, you know, because at the time they said, like, Barkley could have been out eight weeks. You know, obviously it was a lot shorter than that, but um, I was willing to move one of those high-end receivers for a running back, and nobody would get off of anybody. So I was kind of hurting there for a while, and I – um, I think we talked about this on the show. Um, I didn't put in the bid for uh, um, Gallman, and that proved right. to be huge because I didn't waste because he went for a lot of fab in that league. And yeah, um, it was worth like one week. He was a one week deal. He had a yeah, deal. he had one uh, one week, and then uh, he got injured as well. And then by that time, um, Barkley was back. So yeah, it was um, that ended up being okay for me. So, um, but yeah, just. I don't know. We'll see how that league. We'll uh, we'll re- we'll recap that matchup too next week uh, on the show. See how see if I can go two and zero on Dan. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you had uh, you had Kyler and Emmanuel Sanders from last night. So you're you got a bit of a lead here to start it off. And uh, yeah, sixty we'll points out of two players is a pretty good pretty good jump there. Three point average there. That's pretty good. Yeah. So uh, all right. So yeah, we'll. Uh, we'll kind of move over the, the picks now as we always have to do here we'll take a look back at last week and i gotta say i think this was probably my worst uh all year uh really didn't hit on anyone so if we you know if we we go through here and you know we always have the must starts and i had ty johnson and honestly i think everyone thought he was going to get a lot of touches uh and i don't think I really expected the Detroit Lions to go with a four guy, um, so that was surprising. But I had four points in PPR, so he was worthless mostly, and I think that probably hurt a lot of people as a fat nightmare, really. Because I'm sure, uh, you know, in, in another league that I'm in, uh, I I dumped all of what I, the rest that I had. On. Oh man! Uh, <laughs> Ouch! Yeah. Oh, that's gotta be and brutal. Start him again. I have to go with him again this week because that, like, uh, that team has Todd Gurley as well, and he was on a bye, so I got to go with Ty Johnson again in that league. So oh. rough. That's rough. Yeah, I mean, that uh, the keeper league going in, the guy he spent a lot of fab on it, and he already dropped him. Yeah. He had him for one he... week, and he drops him. Yeah. But and shockingly enough, no one's even picked him up yet. So, man, I'm the team that we have together, I'm glad we dodged that bullet. Man, I'm yeah. glad we didn't have enough. It turned out to be a blessing. Yeah, uh, that's <laughs> super. Never not go, man. Because yeah, we wanted Ty Johnson. And it's a good thing we didn't get him because it would have burned us hard. Yeah, because something else is going to happen here in the next couple weeks, and we're going to need that fab. <laughs> My other pick was Kenny Stills, uh, which he just, it just, you know, I, I thought that Deshaun Watson would have a really good game. He did. He threw a touchdown with one eye. Uh, <laughs> he did. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, Kenny Stills didn't reap any of the benefits of that. Uh, he only had five uh, PPR, so that was another bust, uh, bust of a pick. Didn't work out. Uh, yeah, for me, last week I had Ryan Tannehill and Chase Edmonds. Um, and Ryan Tannehill proved to be uh, the right call um, on many different levels, um, especially for us, because we were going to play Mason Rudolph. And then Saturday we made the change to Ryan Tannehill. Won the matchup because of that. Yeah, and we won our matchup, um, you know, because just that move, I mean, along with other things, um, 
the see it was a Monday night. Yeah, the Monday night game last week. Uh, we had we had Pittsburgh's defense against Miami, and we are down two point seven points, folks. The last play of the game is a strip sack fumble recovery for a plus three, and Dumpster Win. Fire wins by point three points on the last play of the game on Monday Night Football. Just, I mean, I've seen and and read a lot of you know heartbreaks, um, a lot of thrilling comebacks, but man, to be a part of one like that was. Uh, insane. I mean, I, I just, I, at the time I had, I, did, I wasn't watching the game. Um, I was tracking it on my phone and I was like, oh, well, the game's over. I was just hoping for an interception or something. And exactly. then I, it said on the thing, sack fumble recovered by Pittsburgh. And then I looked at the score and we were winning. And I was like, <laughs> are you kidding me? I like exploded <laughs> with excitement. It was just amazing. And that's, and that's why we, that's why I love to play this game because of, you know, of moments like that, you know, um, yeah. anything could happen. You know, anything. we made the we made the call. I mean, we we have Lamar Jackson on that team, and we made the call to go Mason Rudolph at the beginning because it's it's Miami. He's had a you know, everybody's had a field days against Miami, and then we did some more diving into it. And um, on the show, I had Ryan Tannehill as a must start, and then we just happened to go look, and he was available on that league. So we were like, man, we should probably make a change here. And yeah. me and Dan, we talked it out, and we're like, yeah, we and we both agreed. You know, when you share a team, you kind of have to be on the same page. And we both agreed yeah. that he was the right move. And, uh, man, did it pay off. If we hadn't done that, we'd have lost. Yeah, because Mason didn't even come close to that. Um, but, yeah, Ryan Channel had, had another big day of 25.4 points. Uh, my other call, Chase Edmonds, not so great. Um, Bar- I mean, he got injured, so uh, wasn't didn't turn out to be a very good day for him with only 3.3. You know, I gotta say, we didn't do very good this week, Dan. His it was uh, it was awful for me, man. It was a terrible, terrible week. Like I said, I think it was probably my worst one. You have a couple. You have you have a few in here that are pretty solid. Um, but for me, I think yeah, it looks like you got about one right on every every category. But I, I really, um, uh, so yeah, we talked about those there. My misses there, and then for the good options, I had Corey Davis who was visible, uh, two point nine of PR. That was surprising. Really surprising uh, for the way that Tannehill had a good day. Like, how does Corey yeah. Davis not produce in a in a Ryan Tannehill plus day? Yeah, if, if you'd have told me that Tannehill was going to throw three touchdowns, I'm like, all right, sweet, yeah, Corey Davis. You know, <laughs> yeah. Nope, nothing. <laughs> nope. I still, I still liked Corey Davis going forward. I still think he could be a valuable fantasy play, probably wide three, something that uh, could present value for your team, but. Um, Last week, it didn't happen. My other call, Gerald Everett, who was also in a really good spot and didn't do anything either. Uh, 3.5 in PPR. So those two guys really did total, absolute bust uh, for me. Yeah, it seems enough. like Corey Davis is like a roller coaster. I mean, I know really? you had him on your team last year, and he was just like, he had big games when you needed him to have big games, but he wasn't right. rock steady, you know, and even in a good matchup here, I mean, Tannehill has three touchdowns and Corey Davis is invisible. Like, I mean, I, I didn't watch the game or watch any of the film, um, but what was going on there? Uh, I mean, come on, Corey, you got to, you got to do something now. But yeah, it seems like just going back to last year, he's up, down, up, down. You know, if he could just be a little more consistent, he could be, you know, a better wide receiver in this league and more yeah. relevant fantasy wise. 
Yeah, and I think I think I mentioned this early in the year pre-draft is that Corey Davis was mostly in my lineup all last year, um, and he it only worked because he always scored exactly when I needed it to. When the other guys didn't score, he scored. He wasn't scoring my other guys, so it just happened to work out. Other than that, he was just kind of okay. And, and so far this year, it's been not so great. But I I still think that your his outlook Ryan Tannehill in there. Um, but yeah, not this week. And uh, my good options category, I had DK Metcalf. He uh, had a pretty good day with the uh, 16.3 points. He had the two touchdowns. Um, and if you listen to the show last week, Russell Wilson has the most passing attempts in the red zone. And he proved that even more last week uh, with, you know, and getting two of them to DK there. Um, and DK, that's, that's where he's going to make his money, man, is in the red zone and in these bombs. And uh, he uh, he got two of them last week. Um, pretty good day for him. My other good option was Cameron Brait. Uh, with O.J. Howard out last week, I thought he would have a little bit better of a day. It didn't work out that way. At least he didn't put up a goose, but he only produced 6.2 points. So uh, not what we were really looking for there out of Cameron Brait, but uh, at, least, uh, at least he didn't get goosed. Yeah. Yeah, he – yeah, he at least you know got six points, so um, that's not great, but it's uh, it's better than the two point nine or three point five of you know the ones that I had out there. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, DK man, I work, I, I we've got him in our list here again this week, uh, so we'll be talking about him some more as we go along. But uh, in the dart throw category, uh, at least I, you know I had Damian Williams, and he was basically nothing until Lashawn McCoy fumbled, but then he did get the touchdown. Uh, so we had nine points. So that one too bad. If you're talking about dark throws, that one was okay. Um, my other was Ted Ginn. He had six point two, uh, and really, I mean, uh, that was kind of concerning, honestly, because Drew Brees had a monstrous game, uh, but he basically threw it to Michael Thomas and Latavius Murray, and <laughs> that was basically so. Yeah, Ted Ginn just got a few catches there. Um, not not great. It's crazy how Damian Williams has gone from a second round pick to a dart throw category. Um, but, but I mean, it, it paid off. I mean, at this point, he is a dart throw because of, you know, the Chiefs' offense right now is, you know, without Mahomes under center, it's, it's a lot of questions there. Um, and, and the, the, you know, the productivity has gone down just a little bit. Um, but he got you the touchdown. So that's what we're looking for in dart throws. We're looking for a touchdown or something, you know. Um, but in my dart throws, I had both the new uh, freshly traded players, Muhammad Sanu. He had 4.3. And then um, I've been all over the Manny Sanders train. And uh, last week, um, he had 12.5. So um, that was a nice dart. Yeah, that was a good dart. He got the touchdown that, um, you know, he got force fed and he got the touchdown. I think he only had two catches that game, but um, he got the touchdown. So that's, that's going to. That's going to be a pretty good dart throw. Sanu was, uh, you know, they didn't go in full Antonio Brown and, and force the ball down his throat. So, um, <clears throat> just kind of kind of weird, I guess. Um, and the last one, last category, the fades. Um, both of mine scored double digits, but, again, I don't think they did much to help win fantasy leagues or fantasy games. Uh, I had Alson Jeffrey, who had 10.4. 
uh, and Melvin Gordon who had 11.4. And honestly, I think this is just kind of like what they've done all year. They just kind of, well, you know, they get okay, have big games. They don't totally bust out. Um, but I think that they just kind of did what they've done all year, which is okay. Um, probably not good enough to consider that a win as a fade, but also I don't know that those guys really did a whole lot to help you win last week. Yeah, and, you know, the whole Melvin Gordon saga, um, you know, a lot of guys were, you know, and, and you, like, taking um, a chance on him, and at some point you knew he was going to come back. At that point, the value there was going to be tremendous, and he was going to win you a lot of weeks, and that just hasn't been the case, and I don't know if it's ever going to be the case. Like, he used to be, you know, weak winners for you. He would be – he'd carry you, yeah. you know, but it's just not turned out, I mean, the Chargers have looked ridiculous. Um, they uh, fired their offensive coordinator, so we'll see if anything changes. <clears throat> but, uh, man, that's disappointing for a lot of Melvin Gordon owners. Well, I think, like you just mentioned, I think the Chargers have also recognizing how bad it's been, uh, not just for Melvin Gordon, but for that entire offense with their firing their offensive coordinator. Yeah. So we'll see how that um, looks different this week or not different. Um but they gotta be—they gotta be doing something different. I mean, you can't just go out there and do the same what they've been doing. Because then, what was the point of firing a guy? So, um, my fades last week were Derrick Henry and Joe Mixon, and I said to bench Joe Mixon. And what does he do? Oh, just go out and score seventeen points. Um, <laughs> game of the year, wasn't it? I, I think that was his best game all year. <laughs> Pretty close, I think. I mean, just wow. Um, Cincinnati, unbelievable. Um, so yeah, he uh, he got a score. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what to do with Joe Mixon. I'm glad I don't own him because that's just me too. I would be point seven, but I'd be pulling I mean, my hair out with what to do. A lot of people probably had him on the bench. He's been so terrible up to this point that a lot of people probably didn't even get that seventeen point seven. So he just, yeah. I think I still recommend trading them if you got them, especially after that 17 points. Maybe you can capitalize on it. But yeah, definitely, for sure. For sure, trade bait right there. Um, try to get rid of Joe Mixon off of – and I think we mentioned that last week. Yeah. Um, I would still want to do that. I just think that – Yeah, sell high now. Um, obviously, it's probably too late to make a trade now unless you already did for this week. But, um, yeah, they're on buy this week, so – try to maybe do something next week in the for the next matchup. Uh, Derek Henry had only 7.3. He was my other dart or my other uh, fade. Um, you know, pretty good call on the fade there, I guess. Yep, that's a good one. That works. Yep, single digits for a fade is, is we'll count that as a win. Yep. So, so for really honestly, for me this week, get any worse. So, as we move into <laughs> sure. Uh, I will do better. Uh, <laughs> like that, uh, just keep grinding. You know, yeah. I'm always going to work. Uh, I won't have weeks that rough all the time. For sure. um, So uh, we're going to get back to it this week. And uh, so for week nine, uh, a guy I really like, uh, the the London matchup, Gardner Minshew. I'm on the, the Minshew magic here this week. Uh, I think you got to get him in your lineup somehow unless you've got, you know, Lamar or Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson or guys like that. I think Minshew is a for sure QB1 this week. Um, he was pretty solid in several weeks back, you know, and I think he got his first start against them several weeks ago. 
Uh, and he was pretty solid. And uh, Houston is much better, has so far been a lot better against the run than the pass. Um, and so uh, I think that Minshew is a guy that uh, you want to get in your lineup. He's finally got a two-touchdown game over under his belt recently. I think he has a, at least another two touchdowns here. I think that Minshew is a fine QB1 uh, for this week. Yeah, with a lot of quarterbacks on by this week, you know, you got um, uh, Matt Ryan's on by, Drew Brees is on by. Uh, what's the other one? Golf would be golf. Yes, golf on by. I mean, uh, Andy Dalton's on by. Um, <laughs> happy birthday, happy birthday, Andy Dalton. We'll see you. <laughs> Sit on the bench. That's terrible. <laughs> just terrible. That's just terrible by Cincinnati, man. Yeah. Why not trade? They just botched the whole trade deadline for sure. Yeah, it's all the way around the board. Like the trade deadlines that day, um, Andy Dalton's birthday is that day, um, and he gets benched that day. Like, I'd be pissed too if I'm him. Yeah, like well, you bench me on my birthday and you bench me before the trade deadline or right at the trade deadline, so you can't get a deal done. Yeah. So, so what am I doing here? What am I? I doing? Know. You don't want me, so what? You... <laughs> Man, this Cincinnati is uh, going. Uh, full Miami Dolphin, it looks like. Well, you know, and this is a little bit off topic here, but, we, you know, like the, the Bengals, we've seen the Miami Dolphins just sell off a lot of players, and that's fine. I think the Bengals are a team that probably should have done that as well. But the team that looked like they was trying to do it was the Jets, who have a lot of talent. They just hadn't really put it together yet. That just didn't really make any, make any sense to me that you've got the Bengals here with several pieces that they could move. They're terrible. They're not any good. They need to kind of overhaul. But they're not moving anybody. And yeah. the Jets here have a foundation in place, and they're acting like they're going to trade everybody. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Yeah, it was so, definitely weird because I think you're right. I think the Jets do have a lot of – and they have the foundation laid there, and they just need yeah. to keep building, putting a couple more bricks on there, and they're going to be a pretty good team. But Cincinnati ain't going anywhere anytime soon. And they they came out and were pretty adamant about not moving players. Like, A.J. Yeah. Green's going to walk next year, and you're going to get nothing out of it. That's – like doesn't make any sense. What? What? For what? Like, huh. unless no. he's not going to play this year, but it looks like he's going to play. So, um, what are they even trying to do there? Um, yeah, total botch. Bad but team yeah, stay back. Back to Gardner Minshew. Yes, um, definite play this week with all those quarterbacks on by. Um, I have a quarterback later on in one of these lists that's um, you know, a, a play. Um, but yeah, with with those big name quarterbacks on by, um. Definitely Gardner Minshew, top QB1, obviously. And I got a must-start here. Joe, you had him. I think it was a good option last week. I think he's a must-start this week. Uh, DK Metcalf. Um, Moving up the, the list. The Seahawks. <laughs> highest point, point total uh, of the week, uh, according to Vegas. Uh, we know. We've seen it. It's we, you know, they like we talked about earlier. We kind of know what we're getting out of a lot of these teams now. The Buccaneers have a great run. Terrible pass defense. Uh, Seattle, I think this is a little bit of a down week for Chris Carson. You still probably have to get him in your lineup, but Lockett is an start. He's basically a must start every week. So I think that another guy that is a must start this week is DK, DK Metcalf. Um, you know, he did have the two touchdowns. He was due some for some positive regression with the amount of red zone looks that he's getting. Uh, I, you know, I can't really predict again that he's going to get another two red zone touchdowns, but I think there's a really good that he could get a long bomb for a score. Uh, the Buccaneers are also one of the worst in giving up long pass. Uh, so I think coming up a good week last week, um, you got to have, you got to keep DK in your lineup. It's, 
He's in a really great spot. It's a pass funnel defense that they're going up against. Uh, the highest point total out of Vegas. Just there's everything is kind of out there. And I know that sometimes it doesn't work out, obviously, like last week. Uh, but I just think DK, you got to keep him in your lineup. Yeah. And I mean, Seattle's going to score. I mean, and I don't know how much Carson's going to get, you know, touchdown wise. So Russell could have three or four touchdowns in this game. And, um, you know, DK has been his red zone guy. So let's, yeah, great, you know, a great matchup for him again this week. So um, I'm starting him. I know that I pretty much have to. So <laughs> I'll, take another, I'll take another two touchdowns this week, DK. Okay. I really need it. <laughs> I got the rust teed up for another one here later on. I think, yeah, uh, like you said, he could have several touchdowns this week. Yeah. So for me, um, week nine must start. Um, I'm starting with uh, Michael Gallup. Um, I think he was in our category two weeks ago. Yep. Um, but, man, um, he's kind of been disappointed a little bit here. But by week, um, he gets another week to get a little bit more healthy here. Um, and he draws a pretty healthy matchup against the Giants. You know, they – Face off in week one, um, and Gallup went bananas. He went seven for 158. And uh, I think Gallup has another chance here at, a, at another big game against the, against the Giants on Monday Night Football. Um, I just – just the, the bye week of him getting another week healthy and them getting, you know, more reps, um, the timing. Um, man, and, and the Cowboys are going to be throwing the ball. I mean, Dax looked pretty good this year. Uh, I know they feed Cooper a lot, but I think uh, I think Gall- Gallup's got a chance for a good game here. Well, uh, yeah, I, I'm all for that. Uh, I'm starting him. So yeah, you made a trade for him in the keeper league. I did. Yeah, I yeah I I uh, we, 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 and we have stock in him too, and and that's team we share together. So yep, I'm all for that. Uh, yeah, I hope he comes through, and I th- I agree with you. He's in a really great spot this week. Um, my other must start is uh, the guy who was on our last list, or our list last week. If I can get that out right. Um, from first, he was in the fade category, but now he is all the way up into a must start. <laughs> firing, firing up Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, yes, revenge game. Have you ever heard of that? <laughs> I think so. I think I know what that is. Yep. Um, I think Jeffrey's going to have a little extra motivation this week, and. Um, and we've already talked about this, but the addition of Deshaun Jackson is going to stretch this field. And Jeffrey, he doesn't stretch the field. He goes across the middle. He does the yeah. slants. He does that over-the-middle tough work, the sideline work. And uh, with Jackson back in the lineup here, I think it's it's good for everybody involved. Um, I know Carson Wentz has been down a little bit, but, um, man, to get to get Deshaun Jackson back in this game and, and get him out there running down the field um, – uh, Ashton Jeffrey is going to be another uh, benefit reaper of, of him being healthy. Yeah, I, I, this is probably – I know it's the Bears, but the reality, if you look at the, what the Bears have done, they're pretty pretty good. They've been solid at rushing the passer. They have been pretty solid, but they are not just complete, you know, shutting everything down. They're not doing what the what the 49ers uh, – uh, the Patriots have done. They're still they're solid, but they're not one that you are just totally terrified uh, at this point. And I, I agree. I think that the Deshaun Jackson kind of lifts the lid a little bit off the top for them. If you go back, the only other time that Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson have been on the field this year, they both had. So uh, yeah, they both balled out week one. 
You know, even in, even when what what Deshaun had like forty points that week. I mean, Jeffrey still had like twenty two points in uh, you know PPR league. So uh, I mean, yeah. So I went back and looked um, to see because I, I remember Deshaun got hurt early, but I couldn't remember how early it was. Um, but yeah, they both were healthy week one and just they both killed it. And um, I know that's small, really small sample size, but Deshaun Jackson has that type of effect on an offense. Yeah, so yeah, I, and I'm all for that one as well because you know my season's probably over in the league, but I do have him in that in that league. So yeah. and you got to believe Alshon wants to get in the end zone. I got to believe it. Yeah, I think that I think that he for sure is going to have a little extra motivation this. Um, and so uh, down the ladder here, so that's our must starts uh, for the good options. Um. Uh, my first one is Robbie Anderson. I think this is a real great spot uh, for Robbie Anderson. You can get him in your lineup uh, facing Miami Dolphins. Uh, you know, we've talked about it many times. The Dolphins are terrible. They've shown a little bit of a fight here late. Um, but I just think that this is a good opportunity for Sam to get a little bit of time, Sam Darnold to get a little bit of time in the pocket. Robbie Anderson's a good football player. I think we we can say that for sure at this point. Robbie Anderson can get open. Just need a little. Darnold just needs a little bit of time back there. I think this is the week where uh, he gets that, and uh, I think there's a really good chance Anderson gets another one of those scores, uh, which is what he needs to be productive. But I, I like Robbie Anderson as a play this week. Yeah, I do too. And um, like I said, I mean Miami's defense. When we've talked about it, um, and they're they're getting better. You know, they're playing they a, they're playing a half football. But then there's the other half where they haven't really quite figured out how to play 60 minutes yet. But, um, and I mean, what a what a chance here for the Jets to kind of get the ship stirred in the right, steered in the right direction, and uh, you know maybe try to take advantage of of Miami right now. Yeah, and so yeah, that's one of my good options. My other one, uh, I like uh, Marvin Jones, and I picked on the Raiders here a little bit. Uh, and I'm doing it again. Uh, Kenny Galladay coming off a monstrous game last week. Uh, and go back two weeks, Marvin Jones had a monster game. That Detroit passing game is really clicking. And it just depends on who's getting those points for Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford is back to a startable fantasy quarterback, which I which I love to see. I think that's you – know, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't call myself a huge fan, but I think it's better when he is because I think he's capable of doing that, and he's showing that now. Um, of being productive. I think that, you know, they mismanaged it last year. Stafford back to the Stafford that we know. Um, and so I think, you know, Galladay did it last week. I think this is Marvin Jones week. Uh, the matchup for deep pass couldn't be any better. You, you, the most efficient deep passing game in football right now is Detroit. The worst deep in for against deep passing in the league is Oakland. So I think both Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones are great. Plays, but I'm sure you're everyone is starting Kenny Galladay, which is why I have Marvin Jones on here. Uh, he's borderline must start, mate, uh, but I really like Marvin Jones as a solid, probably wide receiver too this week, and he's in a fantastic spot against the Oakland Raiders defense. Yeah, I mean Deshaun had a good week last week. Um, I don't know if you know, but Aaron Rodgers had a good week two weeks ago against uh, the Oakland Raiders. Did he had like 17. 17- I, th- I think he did. I think he had a hundred touchdowns in that game. It was quite the spectacle. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah. you know, and I'm I'm kind of there with you too. And I always I keep just a little little tiny spot in my heart for for Matt Stafford because <laughs> my very first year of playing fantasy football, he won me a championship. The combination of him and Megatron proved yeah. to be too much for that league and I won it and I shut the league down so because I won but yeah. I'll always have a tiny spot right there for Matt Stafford for doing that for me I really appreciate that Matt um go Stafford but yeah I mean you, sometimes you gotta look at these numbers like you know the, the best deep passing efficiency and then defense is the worst so you know there's gonna be opportunities here and uh you know Marvin Jones is Showing some pretty big play potential, you know, four touchdowns. I think that's pretty good. Yep. So, yeah, I like him as a play. So, for me this week, um, in the good option category, we've already talked about him a little bit here, but, you know, no T.Y. Um, I like Eric Ebron. So, you know, I mean, the tight end market's already slim. I mean, it's been slim all year. You know, when you got Hooper on by this week, um, Everett's on by. Uh, Cooks on by, um, Eifer, you know, the, the, those teams are on by. Um, so a lot of the, a lot of tight ends are not playable this week, but, um, Eric Ebron's, uh, you know, definitely a good spot here to, uh, to be a good play. Um, so I got Eric Ebron as a good option. My other option, my other good option is Chris Conley. Um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with Didi. I mean, he's still questionable. Um, so we'll have to see, but even, uh, I mean, I know I, I started DD last week and he kind of, you know, didn't even big old fat goose eggs. So that really didn't work out too well. Um, but you know, in, in DD's absence, Conley went four for 103 and a touchdown last week and he has breakaway speed. I mean, we've seen that last week. Um, so, you know, I know Houston, um, their defense, like you said, is down. So. Um, you got Gardner Mitchell as a must start. Um, he's got to throw it to somebody. And I think Chris Conley is a very good option this week. I, I completely agree. I think that, uh, you know, I actually just dropped D.D. Westbrook. I know you did the same in another league. Um, I, I'm not ready to throw in the towel on D.D. yet. Uh, I think that, you know, and I think the whole passing game as a whole has several good matchups down the stretch. Uh, but I think even D.D. plays in this game, Conley is, again, in a good spot. Uh, because I expect them to have a lot of success. Yeah, the, we, I just talked about the Oakland being a, a fantastic matchup. Houston is right there, too. They are terrible against the pass. Um, and so that's why I have you – know, one of the main reasons I have Gardner Minshew is a must-start. And so DJ Chark is not – he's in everyone's lineup. Um, but I think that both D.D. Westbrook – D.D. Westbrook, I think, carries more risk than because of the injury. But I still think they're both playable this week, and I, I can agree with you. Uh, on Chris Conley here, uh, a, a nice play. Yeah, I'd rather play Conley than even if DD is is healthy and ready to go. Like I, uh, man, he could throw another goose out there. He could get re-injured really quickly. Um, but Conley has, you know, been steady, steady, steady. And then with DD out last week, he had the spike of you know the, the big game there. Um, so and I I think he's going to carry that into this week. You know, another a plus matchup here. So. Um, Chris Conley, my other good option. And just, just real quick, I wanted to mention on Eric Ebron, I, I also think that, and we did talk about him a little bit, but I also think that's a pretty good play. Uh, the Steelers have actually given up a fair amount of points to tight ends. 
Um, so the matchup's pretty solid there as well. So, um, yeah, I think that uh, considering with TYB and out, Eric Ingram, another good play. Yeah. And then uh, on to the dart throws for us this week. I'm going to dig deep into the barrel here uh, a little bit. Uh, you know, I like to get at least one running back, and that's not the reason I had him, but this was the one of the ones that stuck out to me fit perfectly uh, as a dart throw. And I got Trey. Uh, you know, I know and I agree, Jalen Samuels is going to play a ton of snaps. I'm sure he's going to have a fine game. But the idea – to play every single snap. I don't agree with that. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, Jalen's not going to go out there and, you know, place, you know, 95% of the snaps like, you know, Lev Bellwood or somebody like that. Um, so there's going to be opportunity for Trey, for sure, for sure opportunity. Um, and the Colts, I mean, they're a pretty good defense. I mean, they're no they're no rollover. Um, Jalen, just because of the volume there and, and opportunity. No matter who's really behind, you know, there, you know, I know Ben's not there now, but um, they've always put up good numbers, and even I mean, Connor still put up good numbers this year. So, yeah, and even when Connor does put up big numbers and Jalen was healthy, he was putting up big numbers. So there is, there is, you know, on record, there for and he goes it all the way down there to the end zone, and you got for a breather, and then comes You know, I mean, we see that every week. So yeah, what you know. Yeah, you mentioned the Colts' defense. That's the other thing that uh, I forgot to mention a little bit. But they, but they've actually been quite a bit better against the pass um, than they have. And some of that may be, you know, just a circumstance. But uh, they have been susceptible to the run a little bit. Um, so yeah, there's. I just think if you really hurting Trey Edmonds is a guy who I think well, I throw a hail mary on. Um, and and like you said, maybe Jalen Sanders can take them all the way down the because they're in the touchdown and bring them your day. Oh yeah. Uh, the other one for me, he was a dart throw for us last week for you, Joe. Uh, I'm 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 picking up all your picks from last. Uh, and <laughs> out there, uh, Muhammad Sanu. Uh, I, I I like him this week actually. Um, you know, Baltimore's defense is beatable, and really what I kind of feel like a week Muhammad Sanu isn't a guy that just is so physically talented that he just gets open. Muhammad Sanu gets open because of the timing and the effectiveness uh, of, of, you know, a, a, an outrunner. And so I think an extra week to build that rapport with Brady and the reports are Brady asked them to go get this guy. Um, and so I would expect that Sanu plays more than Nikhil Harry, this, at least for this first week. You know, we don't really know it's the Patriots. It's hard to predict anything that they do. Um, but I think this sets up pretty well for Sanu. Um, 
uh, Baltimore, they haven't been terrible against the pass, but uh, they're actually uh, uh, for the passing game is where they weak. Uh, but I think, you know, the other thing is that James White up on the injury report with a toe. You never know how much truth there is to that, but I think this is the maybe for Sunil to, to uh, pop a little bit. So I like him. Uh, if you threw him out there last week, it didn't really work out. If you if you need another play, I think Sanu, you can go back to him again, and, and I think this could be the week for him. Yeah, I mean, a lot of big receivers are on bye this week. You know, we got um, obviously Julio Jones, Cooper Cup, Tyler Boyd, um, uh, Saints, Michael Thomas, you know, yeah. take in all those guys. There's a lot of receivers on by, so, uh, you know, a good chance here to fire up Muhammad Sanu. Um, damn, I, was, I had something I was going to say, and I forgot about Sanu. Oh, so, yeah, um, about Sanu um, here within the Patriots. There's two things that we do know for sure what the Patriots do, and I, I, you can take this to the bank. Um, they're going to throw it to Julian Edelman, and then they're going to throw it to James White. I don't understand why teams cannot scheme against the Patriots. That's the only two things that they do successfully. Yeah. Like they, they, they haven't been able to run the ball this year. Sonny Michelle's been a non-factor. He's got like 0.2 yards per carry this year and 15 <laughs> touchdowns. But yeah. um, they can't run the ball. Their short game, you know, their, their short passing game has been there. That's about all they got. Like the, the amount that James White is open on some of these plays just blows my mind. I have no idea how he gets so wide open, but um, those two things we can know for sure. So I think the Patriots are trying to get, you know, obviously they, they traded for Sanu because they need, they know they need some other element to this game um, to not be so predictive. Cause I mean, I'm not an NFL defense coordinator. I just watch the game on TV and I know how to stop them. Like how does they, how do these guys not know what to do? Like are the Patriots that, you know, savvy with their play design that they can get these guys that wide open and just it's just i don't know you got to be double teaming these guys but um sanu uh yeah that's I, just my little mini rant there for a second yeah i mean <sighs> they basically throw it to julian edelman and then kind of spread it around to the rest of the guys and, and james white typically is a guy that gets a lot of those underneath passes and you're right i don't know it's they don't have really anyone on that offense that you are Scared about no one on that off, and I'm including Brady in that. Uh, yeah, I know. Go, I get it. I'm not trying to dog him, but I'm talking about right now. Um, you know, compare them to let's look at Houston, uh, New Orleans. Uh, yeah, man, they're not even close, they're not even close to that level. And just kind of weird. Uh, they've had some games where they've been exposed a little bit. Buffalo almost got them. Um, but yeah, I think you're right, and I think that part of the reason why Brady go get Sanu and why they were willing to do that is because they, they recognize him. Part of the reason why there's some optimism with Nick Perry is because they need an added element on that added element on that offense that they don't have right now. And, um, you know, going to be someone is going to be somebody that steps up and, uh, that's kind of the, the, the thought process there. Yeah. And, you know, Dorsett is the, the field stretcher there. And I mean, they can't bank on hitting a big play every game. You know, if they take three or four chances a game, you know, they can't bank on for sure, you know, a, you know, a 20-80 ball. I mean, they they had to do something here, and I'm wondering if they're not trying to – you know, obviously he didn't have a big week. Another week with the timing, and Tom Brady wanted him. You know, Snoo, uh, you know, a good dart throw this week. So, uh, for me this week, uh, my dart throws, um, I'm 
Don't know if we've ever had a quarterback in a dart throw category, but uh, here goes. Um, Sam Darnold. Um, it's a pro <laughs> for me that, um, you know, we've talked about the death, uh, but here, like I said, a lot of big teams there with big quarterbacks. And if you need a streamer, uh, this, this, uh, it's kind of risky for me because Miami has played better on defense. But, um, you know, Darnold's already been up and down. A lot this year, um, you know, especially in the last couple of weeks with the, with his quote, with his, you know, sideline remark there or whatever. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, he has a potential for a big game here. Like the stars are kind of lined up for him, but just, uh, I got him in this category because of what, uh, you know, all the other quarterbacks are on by this week. So you you may have to go, you know, to the waiver wire or something. But, you know, he could have a three-touchdown game. Like, I'm not going to take that away from Sam Darnold. Like, if he's, sure. you know, if he's put the ghost behind him and he's moving on, you know, he could he could have a big game here, you know. And, you know, you like Robbie Anderson. So, right. um, you know, it, but it's, it's kind of risky for me because he could go full Monday night meltdown and um, – um, you know, we've seen that not too recently. So um, it's kind of a dart throw, but I think um, a risky dart throw that could pay off you know, with, with three three touchdowns. So um, I don't know. Yeah, I, um, I, I came really close, honestly, to having Ryan Fitzpatrick as a dart throw. I think both quarterbacks in this game are dart throws, and I think it's pretty similar uh, in the way you're looking at it. The matchup for both the quarterbacks is good. Um, but there's a huge amount of risk uh, and the risk in that they could take a lot of sacks. They could t- turn the ball over a lot. Um, I would have to think, I, you know, Fitzpatrick has, has, has had some success. He's put up numbers. He's a gunslinger. He's kind of doesn't care and will gunsling it. He doesn't, you know, he, he has nothing to lose, but you would have to in your football team with Darnold, then with him, I know the ghost comment, and I know that, but um, so I think if you were picking between those two guys, feel a little bit better, just even with the talent that surrounds Darnold. So I, I do, uh, I do like this. I do think that Darnold is is worthy of a dart this week, uh, especially like you mentioned, all the quarterbacks that are on by. So yeah, and like I said, I came really close to Patrick here. Uh, I think they're both darts, but I think if you're going to pick between those two, Darnold is probably one that you would be a little bit safer uh, throwing a dark quarterback spot. So let's throw a, let me throw a, a hypothetical at you and uh, you need a streamer this week. Let's say you're a Matt Ryan owner. You need to go to the waiver wire and get a quarterback. Um, Fitz or uh, Darnold's out there or uh, say Phillip Rivers. Ooh, let's see. The Chargers are playing home against the- Green Bay. Home against Green Bay, man. Uh, I think I say you need to take a swing this week. You're already kind of you had a rough Thursday night, and you need to take a swing here. Well, if I need to go home run, then I would go Darnold because I don't think I don't see a blow up game for Rivers. He's not that guy anymore. He's just kind of steady Eddie. Uh, He hasn't had a blow up game in a long time. Uh, in Green Bay, their their weakness is against the run. Their weakness is not against the pass. So if you need a Hail Mary, you need touchdowns, you need something to 
that you know that maybe that could pop and and give you a chance to win, then I would go Darnold. What if you're a Tom Brady owner right now? Think you could sit him for for Sam Darnold? Ah, no, I, I don't. I don't think I could. I think I still have to go Brady. Um, I think the matchup against Baltimore isn't really scary. I think Baltimore has actually probably been better against the run. Uh, I think they're pretty. They have been so far weak against the pass. They have Marcus Peters now, but and I know. I, you, I guess you could say I'm biased. I am a Chiefs fan. Let's put that out there. <laughs> Marcus Peters is a complete boomer bust. He doesn't have an interception. He probably hurt you. So he's not someone that scares me. So I would go is Brady or Darnold. I would go Brady. Um, so speaking of Chiefs fans, I just got an alert on my phone here, and you probably got the same one. Yeah. There's a chance Patrick Mahomes plays tomorrow. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I, is that I, I, like less than I'm two not, weeks removed from dislocating his kneecap to being right. playing? I, I don't know. I'm not going to make a prediction on what happens, but I'm certain. I don't have any insider information. But I am 100% certain that Patrick is every day saying, Coach, I can play. <laughs> you need to put me out there. We need to win. Let's go. I'm ready to go. You know he's saying that. Oh, yeah. You know, he, he's he's ready to go. He could be on a nub, and he's just, let's go. I'm ready yeah. to go. You know, I'll go out one wheel down or not, he's ready to <laughs> yeah. go. He was wanting to go back in the game after after that. Like, after yeah. the injury, he was telling Reed, like, I'm ready. Let's go. What are we waiting for? They're like, no, we got to – we got to – Nope, can't be doing that. You can't be risking, you know, the rest of your career for one game. But, man, if he's – I know there's going to be you – know, the Chiefs are going to take a lot of crap for this. But if he's healthy and he's able and he's cleared, he's got to play. I am, yeah. He's got to play. I mean, I get it, but we need to win right now. Like, yeah, man, we can't take four straight losses at Arrowhead. That's brutal. It's already brutal yeah. as three. Well, I think, I think it's medically – can we put him in a position where he's not going to, you know, barring it's football. So I get it. But just from running around, just from, you know, sprinting and jumping and running, can we put him in a position where just doing that going to hurt him? If the answer is yes, you could put a brace on and you feel okay. Then why wouldn't you plan? Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's his back foot. So, um, and as a former, you know, whatever, I was a quarterback, um, played a little – Little semi pro ball, um, and both feet are important. Don't don't get me wrong here now, but um, if I had to choose if one was going to be hurt or not, I would have I would choose my back my my back foot. You know, I was a right hander, or I'm a right hander like Patrick is, um, and I always want you know you're when you step you step into throws and you got to use that left foot. You can't be can't be shy with your left foot when you're trying to you know throw a bullet or throw a deep ball you got to be able to step into it and and use that that front foot so um definitely the front foot is more important um from from my days of playing you know so just to give a little i don't know insight there but um uh, yeah if he's ready to go you got he's got to play um yeah, that's too nice just a nice little boost for um chiefs players um fantasy wise we, we can get into that um but uh uh, so yeah, Sam Darnold was my dart throw. Um, my other dart throw is the guy we've already talked about also is Deshaun Jackson. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot made of him coming back and it's deserved. Um, but I think it's a dart throw because yeah. you don't know yet. So, um, I know he's been out for a while, so it's not like they rushed him back. So I'm not too concerned about a re-injury or anything, but, uh, 
We'll see how he fits in this offense. He played week one. We're on week nine now. So a lot has changed. Um, so I think it's uh, – you could play him. I could see there where there's roster construction where you do play him. You have to play him. Or you're looking for a you know a home run because obviously Deshaun Jackson can do that. He needs one play to make a day, and uh, he could pay off for you um, as a dart throw. But I think he, he is a dart throw this week, and uh, possibly a pretty good one. You know, I mean, they've needed him. So, and he when he was in their lineup week one, he was pretty productive. Um, so, you know, and they've had time here to uh, maybe make some more plays for him or make some drops, more designs. Um, so. Um, I got Deshaun Jackson as my other dart throw. I think it's great, and I agree with you. I do think he's a dart throw. I, you know, I think the, the reason for that is that the floor there, we still don't really know. It's a, There's a considerable amount of risk there. He's a classic dart throw, I think, because the, the upside is wide receiver one. We've already seen him do that. Uh, but the downside is a total bust. So, you know, he's got a huge range of outcomes there. Um, but I think it, really, it could be a really good dart throw if you, if you uh, have an open spot. If you're needing someone that could bring you back from the dead in the matchup here, uh, John Jackson could be that guy. Yeah, because he's not going to draw 10 targets. I mean, he's not that guy. So, you know, he's not your 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 Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, where they're getting, you know, 10, 15 targets a game. Um, so, but he, like you said, he just needs one play and then he can, he can go. So, um, the floor is low, but the ceiling is 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 pretty far up there. So. Darts, yeah, we've already seen it. Um, so yeah, that's the dart throws. Uh, and then we are on to the fades for us this week. Um, for me, uh, I got David Montgomery. Um, and I, know I was that, kind of surprised by this too. I know that they've said that uh, they're gonna run a lot, and they did last week, and he had a great game, he had the best game of the year. Um, but matchup is almost as bad as it gets. Philadelphia, another one that has been a complete pass funnel. Um, they are really good against the run. Their front, their front seven uh, just shuts down the run. And I think that um, I, I'm, I would expect that David Montgomery is going to get a fair amount of touches. To me, the only hope again for him is a touchdown. If David Montgomery doesn't get a touchdown in this game, he's not going to help you. Um, and considering you know the matchup, the um, I just think that uh, he had a real nice game last week, um, but this week I think um, is someone that I would not be super excited in my lineup. A lot of guys that get 15 carries are hard to bench, uh, or at least 15 carries. He had 27 last week, um, but um, his only hope for me this week is a touchdown. And if you've got someone who will you expect to more productive on a per touch basis, I think you go with them because David Montgomery is not going to be effective uh, on a per touch basis in this game. Yeah, um, you know he had the big game last week, and you kind of were, uh, you know, a lot of David Montgomery owners were waiting for this game, but um, not a very good matchup against Philly. Um, and uh, man, uh, other than last week, what has he done for you? You know, so Nothing. this is a yeah. situation where you don't get overly excited you know you don't get too hyped up about it um you know you take like if you started him last week you, you take it and you run with it but you kind of you've been right all you know all year here with maybe not playing him um so kind of go probably go back to that because he's you know 
you can't just take one game into account here and think it's going to happen now on a week to week basis. You know, it's a, it's a tough matchup. He was already not that good. He just got a lot of volume last week. Um, so um, I, th- I think it's a pretty good call here. Yeah. I mean, the thing about David Montgomery is, is he's not, he's not a super physically gifted runner. His calling cars break tackles. Philadelphia has not been missing tackles. Uh, up front, so I, this is just, I think, a really bad matchup for him, and I, one that I wouldn't expect him to have another spike week. Um, the other one for me uh, is a little bit odd, I guess, but you know he has been really productive, um, and now he's finally coming back. But I, I just think that someone that you really are going to faith that you're going to put Marquise Brown in your lineup, this uh, someone that I would I would be looking for other options. We've got. Yeah, some guys up the list here uh, at the receiver position. I think Mohamed Sanu probably doesn't have as much upside, but for sure has a higher floor. So if you if you need if you just need points, I would go Mohamed Sanu. Uh, Robbie Anderson for sure I think is a better play. I just, uh, the guy who I would expect to have success uh, in the past for the Ravens would be Mark Andrews, uh, and then in the running game where New England has been less you know, Superman has been in the run game and uh, Baltimore has a fantastic running game. So I just think that this sets up as a really extremely risky Marquise Brown first game back in three weeks. Um, so, uh, yeah, someone that I'm fading. Mark. You know, this is actually uh, going to be one heck of a game because we're going to find out a whole lot in one game here. For um, sure. This you one. know, yeah, there's so many um, – you know, the Patriots, this is the greatest defense of all time. Yeah. Well, we're about to find out, folks, because um, Lamar Jackson is is no slouch, and this offense isn't no slouch either. This isn't, you know, this isn't Nick Folk or whoever the Terry, whoever, I don't know, whoever they've been playing. I mean, I might as well have been playing Terry Bradshaw for crying out loud. Um, and, like, this, like, 78-year-old Terry Bradshaw, not 33-year-old Super Bowl-winning champion Terry Bradshaw. Like, come on, man. Like, I get it. They've been good. But, God, man, I could go out there and be good against some of these guys. <laughs> yeah, not really, the but you get the point. You know, I know that people are, you know, oh, they don't play. But the reality of it is, is that they really have not. Their best quarterback they've played all year is Josh Allen. And they and almost a- lost that game. Exactly. So, exactly. I- like, I mean, and I mean, not to take anything away from them because they play, you play who you play. It's, it's, you can't, you can't take that away from them, but let's not start putting a crown on them as the best defense of all time. This is a know, first stats wise. Yeah. But I mean, there's, we got a lot of football left to play this year. So, um, and they're the next couple of weeks, they, you know, next month and a half, they got some brutal matchups. So we'll see. And it starts, you know, Sunday night. And I'm glad it's on prime time because, man, I'm glad that the whole world gets to see if this defense is for real or not. And, uh, well, you know. I'll say I don't think they're going to shut the Ravens down at all. No, I, I don't think, either. I think they'll have to outscore the Ravens. I think the Ravens are going to score points in this game, but I think they're going to do it on the ground. I think Lamar Jackson, and, you know, he's not on our list here, but don't bench Lamar Jackson. Unless you've got Deshaun Watson <laughs> – don't bench Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I don't, and I, you know, I've heard a lot of that this week. You know, a lot of um, – I listen, like I said, I listen to a lot of other podcasts. I read a lot of other stuff, and, and there's a lot of Lamar bench Lamar talk this week. And I'm like, uh, for who? Who are you going to yeah. bench Lamar for? Like, 
Russell I mean, Wilson? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not going to have another caliber quarterback on your team while you have Lamar to, and to be able to afford the luxury of benching Lamar. Like, I don't know who on the waiver wire or whatever that there's an, there's an opportunity to, to bench Lamar Jackson. You know, I mean, he may not have, you know, a typical blow-up Lamar Jackson game, but he does have that potential, and I'm not going to bench that potential. Nuh-uh, right. No way. And I know it's Bill Belichick. And I know he's the, the defensive guru master of all time, but man, he, you know, the Chiefs have put up big numbers against him in the past. So other exactly. teams have put up big numbers. It's possible, it's doable. And, you right. know, so, man, I, there's no way I could bench Lamar. No, sir. And, you know, that, and that's the other thing. And they're playing really Belichick. But like you said, Mahomes multiple times has had monster games. And I'm not saying Lamar Jackson is Patrick Mahomes. But he is a different kind of player. He's not, you know, he is one who is kind of separate in his own way. In that, um, there, there's every reason to think that he can have another good game uh, against against them. Yeah, I mean, the, the the elite of the elite have have good days against the Patriots. I mean, they, they don't shut out everybody. So, right. and, and like you said, Lamar is, you know, he's a special talent. He's got special. Uh, talents just like Mahomes does they're just different you know Lamar can still throw the ball um and he can run the ball very well um so if there's a game plan I don't know how you know I haven't really sat and watched and tried to figure out how to beat the Patriots defense but I do know how to beat a cover zero though an all-out blitz I mean and what they made of that a couple weeks ago was just mind-blowing like it was the the second coming of Christ, it was just no. I mean, it's beatable. It's totally beatable. You just have to scheme it and communicate. Um, but anyways, I, I hope they go zero blitz on Lamar because he – we'll see you. He's gone. He breaks one tackle and he's running out, outrunning everybody on the field. So, um, yeah, bring on the cover of zero blitz against against Baltimore. <laughs> so, uh, we'll move on there. <laughs> um, uh, I am fading um, Terry McLaurin this week. Yeah, I know a lot of people are too. I know it's 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 kind of the the thing to do this week, but you just have to, I think. Yeah. Um, and I, even though I may have to start him this week, I got to. He's he's on my keeper team, and I'm probably may have to play him. I don't know. I got Jamison Crowder, so I may take that route. Um, just but and too many things stack up against McLaurin this week. Um, like we already talked about, Keenum's out. Um, yeah. Haskins getting his first career start. I mean, he's already played a little bit, and uh, when he was on the field, he McLaurin was a ghost, so uh, didn't really exist. I think he had targeted him a couple of times, but um, not not quite the connection that him and Keenan had. Um, and then that's against the Buffalo. Um, tough, mm. tough matchup. So a lot of things going bad for McLaurin here in this matchup, to where he's he's a fade. You know you. You got a temp. I know he's been balling out against everybody pretty much. So he was he was almost matchup proof, but that was with Case Keenum. And now with Haskins, it's 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 a different story. And I, you mentioned that you know Haskins now has a full week of reps with the ones. I think that is a glimmer of hope there, but I think that's probably about the only hope you've got um, is the hope that if Haskins can be better with a full week reps with the ones, for what we've seen of him, it's been terrible. Yeah, it's no. been it's been Bronco Denver Bronco bad, <laughs> Blacko level awful. Yeah. So and and I'm in a situation where I may have to you know bench him. I will 
probably mull that decision over right up until game time to make that decision. Um, because I don't know really who has the lower floor. Would it be him or Crowder? Or do I go on the waiver wire, try to pick somebody up and drop Crowder? Or obviously you're keeping, you know, McLaurin. You just got to wait out this because hopefully Keenan comes back. But um, if you're in a spot where you have a better option, um, definitely, you know, look into benching Terry McLaurin um, for sure. But my other fade this week is Kirk Cousins. Uh, I'm getting I'm getting fancy here a little bit. Uh, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> benching Kirk Cousins in a in a week where it's pretty bad. You know, if you're looking for a because you know there's a lot of quarterbacks on by. So um, I would try to look somewhere else than Kirk Cousins. I know he's been the sexy pick. He's been on fire, but he had a down week last week against Washington. Um, and really, last week Rogers. I mean, he tore the Chiefs defense, but it took some pretty unbelievable plays to do that. Like the, the throw to Jamal Williams was a throwaway. I don't care what you say, what yeah. anybody says. He threw that <laughs> ball away. He will never I, admit I, it because if I'm in him, I'm never admitting it. I'm saying, yeah, I did that because of course, I mean, it looks a lot better. But he threw that ball away. I've done yeah. that play. I've threw the ball away before, just like that. You know, it, it, that was a pure throwaway. He just got lucky. He got lucky a lot, but. You know, luck and skill. I mean, that's, those are two things there. So, um, yeah. but one thing I do know is Kirk Cousins is not Aaron Rodgers. He does not have that ability. And uh, the yeah. Chiefs defense has been playing a lot better here lately. And uh, I don't think Minnesota gets away with this game. Um, obviously, they're going to have Dalvin Cook involved a lot, not only because he's Dalvin Cook, but because the Chiefs have been susceptible on the run, you know, yeah. to the run there. So uh, they're going to you know, involve him a lot, and he's involved in a lot in the passing game. But I don't see um, a whole lot for Kirk Cousins this week. Yeah, you know, actually, and, you know, us being here in Chiefs country, we were, we were uh, in the Chiefs kingdom. We were all, gosh, we got to get a corner, we got to get a corner. The reality of the numbers here, what happened through the season, it's a pretty sol- solid sample size. Their pass defense has been pretty dang good. <laughs> yeah. You know, Aaron Rodgers, he's he, he, he beat them. I got it. But he didn't beat them with a typical passing game. With all passes to the running back underneath them. Yeah, um, that was they had the running backs have eleven catches in that game. Like they were eleven yeah. for eleven. I mean, yeah, he didn't. I mean, granted, he didn't have Devontae Adams, but look what the Green Bay did to the Raiders the week before, um, and just you know carved them up. I mean, mm-hmm. and Rodgers didn't do that against the Chiefs. You know, Tavarius right. Ward has been pretty good this year. He has, yeah. And that's the thing is that yeah, I mean you know we want to, you want to think going oh the Chiefs matchup, um it's a great matchup for Dalvin Cook, but it's it's uh, not the best matchup honestly for Kirk Cousins. It's not one that you're afraid of, but it's not a you know it's not the Oakland Raiders. Like and let me mentioned. let me tell you right now if if Mahomes is locked and loaded tomorrow, Woo. Arrowhead will be roaring, man. It's gonna be. Yeah. Yeah. If that place oh. had a top, they'd blow it off for sure. No um, doubt. But, you know, we always talk about – just one thing I want to mention about Kirk Cousins. We always talk about the positive regression for TDs. Well, it can go the other way too. Absolutely. Um, so, I looked it up. Kirk Cousins has only had two turnovers in his last six games. Now, that's pretty good. Dude. That's pretty yeah. good. But he's coming into Arrowhead, and we got a, we got Frank Clark going. We got, we got uh, Chris Jones back. Man, we we 
and the defense has already been playing better. The linebacking, the linebacker core has been playing a lot better, um, you know, pass rush wise, not really coverage wise. They kind of got to get burned there, but um, against the run, yeah, up at the line. And the Chiefs are, what was it, uh, fifth in the league in sacks right now? So we can get after that quarterback. And Kirk Cousins has been known to put the ball on the ground. Um, he's no, no, um, uh, he's familiar with that. Uh, so I got to believe he's got a bad game coming here. I just, and this, the stars kind of align here on the road and the loudest stadium in the NFL. Um, things can get out of hand, especially if Mahomes is playing. There's, there's a lot of things pointing in the, in the direction of uh, staying away from Kirk Cousins. Oh. All right. So yeah, that's our picks this week. And as we always do, I will get these up on the page, uh, Dan and Joe fantasy show on Facebook and Twitter. Um, and, uh, we'll get you, uh, just, uh, hit us up. If you got any questions, we, uh, we love answering those. We always do. We get back to everybody who, uh, who gets it us. So before we sign, uh, the last, uh, item here is our pick for the best play of the week. Um, and I'm, I'm going with Russell Wilson. Uh, again, it's a week of taking uh, your picks, Joe, and, uh, recycling them. I was going to say, what did you do? Copy and paste this week? last <laughs> <laughs> week and it didn't work out. I had Deshaun Watson actually, and he came pretty close. He had a really good week. Um, he yeah. wasn't the highest, but he came close. So that was a pretty good call. Um, this week, uh, I'm going, uh, Russ Wilson against, uh, the Buccaneers. Like we, I already mentioned it, uh, in my DK pick. Uh, I think Russell Wilson is probably the top quarterback play of the week. Um, and that's why I got him. Yeah, no, I was, I seen that. I was like, oh, I should probably pick Deshaun Watson this week just to <laughs> go with that. But, um, and I look even smarter now because my top scorer of the week projection is Tyreek Hill. And if my home is playing, man, he can have a banger. So, uh, I would, I just picked him just, I don't know, you He's he's ready. Like he's just primed for a breakout game. Like I know he's been, you know, he was hurt there for a couple of weeks, but uh he's he's it's at home. I think he's going to get get involved in the punt return game going forward here. So uh yeah, I got Tyreek Hill as my top scorer this week. Nice. I like going, it. Going a little off script, but uh you know, off script works sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And he's uh, you know, an electric player, a guy who more than capable, I think even with Matt Moore, uh, if Matt Moore starts, uh, Tyreek Hill capable of a blow-up game and steps out there. So, Oh, yeah. Uh, so that wraps up this week. Uh, like I said, we'll get our picks out there for you guys and uh, definitely hit us up any questions that you have. Uh, we will be back again next week. Good luck as we make the push for the playoffs in fantasy football. And uh, thanks again for listening. Go get some dubs. We'll see you guys. We'll <laughs>